place it comfortably. Um, I had an allergic reaction to something this afternoon um, which led to me coughing a lot and I didn't get a, a chance to reflect on um, something new to say but what I thought I would do instead is uh, take an excerpt from a seminar I gave, a weekend seminar I gave a couple of weeks ago to um, our Buddhism and Psychotherapy course which was on relationships um, and to look at it from a, a Zen training perspective. One, a, a common kind of statement that you hear about relationships of all kind and it's kind of like a cliched statement, is that, is that communication is the key to good relationships. And that's true. That's, that seems like an obvious thing, which is true. Um, but if you drill down into it a bit more, um, I think there's a bit more depth to it. Because years ago, when I worked for Relationships Australia, people would do communication courses like learning how to be more assertive or whatever. And so they, they learnt all the right phrases and all the right words, um, but it didn't actually make any difference because there's more to it than just learning the right phrases and the right words. And, um, and so when communication may be the key to good relationships, but when you look under the surface, the key to good communication is good emotional regulation, being emotionally balanced. Because if you're not emotionally balanced, then the words will come out all over the place, you know, with a lot of anger or fear or whatever it might be. And developing, um, becoming emotionally balanced, um, or to use a modern term, you know, to develop emotional regulation, is one, is one of the things that we develop through Zen practice. If you, if you practice equanimity, and, and you become clearer about the ways you get hooked into various situations in life, how there's an ego reaction in it. Um, you, you examine that um, in, in non-judgmental attention over and over again. And as we say, the frozen block of emotion thought does, does tend to melt over time and you become less reactive. You're still responding to things around you, but less ego reaction in it. And so that be, becoming emotionally balanced is, is uh, what happens if you, you do this practice for long enough. It's a stability that comes about. But let's take it even a step further. So communication is the key to good relationships. The key to good commu communication is emotional regulation. And to bring more of the Zen element into it is, is the, the key to good emotional regulation is taking the egocentricity out of it and um, to use a, a more um, uh, psychotherapeutic terms to take the narcissism out of it. You may recall one of um, Joko's um, readings about what practice is and the words in there that we observe our thoughts and feelings so that we can take the emotional investment out of them. Right, so we'll always continue to have thoughts and feelings, but if we're investing the I in our thoughts and feelings all the time, then we, we create this solid 
egocentricity. You know? And if that is the case, then we don't emotionally regulate very well. So, it's good communication. Good communication is about being emotionally regulated. And the key to good emotional regulation is taking the ego central element out of it. And in doing that too, it's not just about me anymore, but and it's not just about you also, it's about you and me. That's why Joko particularly used the words we move from a self-centred position to a life-centred position, not to an other-centred position. That has its own problems as well. But life-centered position means you and me, right? We're both included in that. And if we run through the various emotions that we all have in our um, repertoire as human beings, um, love, joy, fear, anger, sadness, shame, uh, disgust, surprise, they're the main ones, and I add another one in too, which is equanimity, which is not really an emotion. In a sense, it's an absence of emotion. But if you think of all of these emotions that are hardwired into, hard into us as human beings, they kind of, you can think of them as like colours on a colour chart or on a palette, you know, and we dip into them and we create the painting of our life through them, we colour our life through these emotions. Um, but colour charts also have white. And white's not an emotion, but that's what equanimity is like. It's kind of like an absence of emotion, um, but we put it on the colour chart as well. And years ago, when I looked at trying to understand emotions and the research on it, it was very that everyone acknowledged the researchers themselves acknowledged it's all very confusing, and no one can even agree on what are really our emotions and secondary ones and primary ones. But um, my way of trying to understand it from a, from a Dharma position as well as from a therapeutic position is we have all those emotions, love, joy, sadness, etc., etc. But we can, we can invest in all of those emotions in a self-centred way and they'll t- take a certain direction. Like anger, for instance, if we're if we've completely identified with our with our sort of self righteous anger, then we can use it to attack other people and so on. You know, we can cause destruction through it. So it can be negative, but anger in itself is just an energy that goes through us, and we can use anger to motivate us to motivate us to be constructive about doing things. Like you can you can churn it into political activism, you know, you can actually do something um, very powerful with it. And without anger and determination, you probably wouldn't get up in the morning to go to work, put food on the table. Um, All of these emotions have a, you can see them from a a self-centred point of view or a life-centred point of view. And it's the aspiration in Zen practice that it shifts from one to the other. And that happens. That can happen over a lifetime of practice. I remember um, Joko once said in a in a Dharma talk that it's like when we when we start off or before we start off practice, it's like a scales, you know, and the scales is heavily weighted down on in on one end with our sort of 
self-centered emotional thinking life and, and as we practice the scales come up and then they tip over the other way right so we go more into a life-centered way of being and that's where some of the buddhist teachings come in about cultivating um, love and compassion and joy and equanimity they're, they're the emotional expressions of the of the awakened life but if you were read to read some Asian Buddhist teachers to literally, you would get the idea um, that you never get angry in, anymore, and you never get sad, and you never get stressed, etc., etc. And in fact, if you're a human being, you will you will still experience the whole range of emotions when you need to. But what happens more over a, over a lifetime of practice? is that the, the love, compassion, joy, equanimity becomes more, more of your experience and those negative egocentric ones lessen. But they're always there to draw on when you need them. Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't be human, for instance, if we never felt sad. Sadness gives a certain um, depth to our life. 